Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Ryan Gable, your host, 
and you are listening to The Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on The Fringe FM, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the same time each night. To contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or find us on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. One of my favorite cartoons, SpongeBob SquarePants. I know I'm 29 years old, but I grew up with SpongeBob. I really like SpongeBob, or at least the original SpongeBob, you know, anchovies, the pretty patties, bubble boy. The original SpongeBob episode. Some of you know SpongeBob. SpongeBob has a big audience. SpongeBob's audience, I've read, is actually, I, th- I think it's more geared towards people that are in their late 20s to mid 40s. It's somewhere around there. It's not really a children's show. It was intended to be a children's show, but it kind of became a, a young adult uh, television show. I mean, I guess it's it's for kids, of course, but. Adults really like Spongebob. So I've watched Spongebob for a long time. And I thought this was a joke. Some of you may have already seen this. I thought this was a joke. Yesterday morning, before we did the first brand new show here in the new studio, I saw a story on Facebook, and I thought there's no way that, that, that article headline makes any sense. It said something about how SpongeBob has come out of the closet. And it the article was written as if SpongeBob was an actual celebrity. Like if SpongeBob was if there was a real living talking walking sponge that worked at an actual burger restaurant, as if SpongeBob was a real thing. And the article explained how SpongeBob is now a member of the LGBTQ community. Now, regardless of what you think of the LGBTQ community, you want to be in a community, be in a community. It doesn't bother me. However, I take issue, and I feel that members of the LGBTQ community, I don't know if you guys get cards, you get memberships like Sam's Club, they take your picture. I don't know how that works, but... Don't you kind of find it offensive that a cartoon character has been given LGBTQ clearance? So that's the first weird thing. The second weird thing is it's a cartoon character. What is Nickelodeon? What are the developers of SpongeBob implying? Now, now obviously, they're implying that SpongeBob is, is not so straight, He's a sponge, so he bends in a lot of directions. We know he's not that straight in that capacity, right? But they're implying something else. It's like a cultural cartoon virtue signal that here at Nickelodeon, our cartoon characters are inclusive. They're cartoon characters. But, you know, I know, I know, everybody knows that, right? We, we know that these are cartoon characters. Of course, it's absolutely preposterous. But this is part of the new culture, part of the new normal. It's not just about COVID-19. 
It's also about canceling and dismantling anything that is considered old school, anything that is considered traditional. In communist China, they called it the four olds. It included traditional values, traditional ideas, traditional duties. Get rid of them. Get rid of old people because old people know how the world used to work and they knew what worked and what didn't work. And if you get rid of the old generation and you brainwash and indoctrinate into an ideology of your choosing, the youth, the younger generation, well, now you're raising a generation that will not know any better. They will not understand what works and what doesn't work culturally, economically, etc. And they can be molded and shaped into whatever you want them to be. And so, while SpongeBob comes out of the closet, they say, we also saw other children's shows like, and this show is nothing like SpongeBob, but Paw Patrol. It's a kid's show about, I think they're like dogs and they're like fire, they're like civil servants or something. It was a weird cartoon. My son does not watch Paw Patrol as far as I understand. Uh, he might watch it more at his mom's house, but I think he, he likes Baby Shark. He doesn't like, I don't think he likes Paw Patrol, but he might have watched it once or twice. It's a weird show. It's a weird cartoon, but I guess it's off the air now. I read the tweet from the, from the company that produces it, and I guess they're taking a break from cartoon dogs dressed as police officers to stand in solidarity with, I guess, Black Lives Matter and the Antifa groups and the anarchists and the Marxists who want no police at all, meaning they want no law and order. See, it's not about the police. It's about law and order. It's not about the Second Amendment and guns. It's about your right to bear arms. In other words, it's your right to defend yourself. It's not about guns. And another show that was, uh, I guess, canceled was the, the Live PD, where they have the cameras like cops, but it's done live or partly delayed in different parts of the country. That show was, I guess, canceled. I think that was A&E. Canceled. Because it shows police officers. It's not about police officers. It's about law and order. And I'm not talking about corrupt law. I'm talking about natural law, which includes your natural right to self-defense. That's what is being steamrolled while we argue about whether or not cartoon dogs should dress up like police officers and whether or not a sponge is queer, gay, trans, or something else. I mean, he has a lot of holes, so I guess he could be a lot of things. Maybe he identifies, rather than a sponge, maybe SpongeBob identifies as one of those Mr. Clean magic erasers. That, that could be possible. SpongeBob SquarePants comes out as Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Pants, you know? He could identify as anything. Patrick Starr, his best friend on the show, could actually identify as SpongeBob. And then SpongeBob, Mr. Magic Eraser Man Pants, could identify as Patrick the Starfish. And then who knows? Mr. Krabs, the owner of the Krusty Krab, could identify as a, as a lobster instead. I mean, this is 
this was out of control and beyond preposterous months ago. Now it's there are no words to describe it. And so this has become the new normal. And it's not just a new normal of masks and gloves and sanitation stations and preventing people from going into businesses if they don't comply with the coercive persuasion of what is considered a strongly worded recommendation to the public by health officials or by governors. In a sense, it's a form of the mark of the beast. This is a new normal where even cartoon characters can be card-carrying members of the LGBTQ community. I mean, I guess Elmer Fudd could could be a member of the NRA, but you won't you probably won't won't see anything like that. I, I think that there if there are any maybe they they're conservative, maybe they're not, but if there are any animators, cartoon shows that have people that don't believe in virtue signaling for, through cartoons, they should make a point and they should sign one of their characters up for like the National Rifle Association, something like that, just to make a public stance and to show how ridiculous this is. They're, they're cartoon characters. I mean, are, did people really wake up yesterday and think, oh my God, it's an amazing day, not because the sun's shining, not because I woke up and I have another day of life and I can breathe but because SpongeBob is a queer, and I feel so much better about that. The equality, I can feel the equality. Don't you find that interesting? Like, people feel equality because a cartoon sponge is claimed to be a member of the LGBTQ community or ABCDEFG community, you know, or because uh, people feel good because someone broke into an auto shop. And they stole a bunch of parts during the riots. So that's something that makes everybody feel so much more equal. It's, we have a more equitable society. But this is the new norm. And see, with this new norm, if we compare it to the old norm, of course, well, the old norm compared to this new norm is abnormal. It's, it's different. It's weird. It's odd. It's not normal. And so by definition, if you compare the new norm to the old norm, the new norm is really abnormal, i.e. it's paranormal. And just like with anything, the old norm, the new norm, the abnorm, the paranorm, all of these things have supernatural and metaphysical components to them. Supernatural, supranatural, and metaphysical, magical elements that can be observed as part of the underlying fabric of nature and of the world in which we perceive to live, our, our perceptions, our consciousness, etc. This also filters into what could be rightfully defined as para-politics or pop conspiracy. But it's magic, to keep it simple. It's magic. Think about this for a second. COVID-19 as I mentioned last night, is supposedly a respiratory infection. Well, in Genesis 2.17, you pick up the Bible and you read Genesis 2.17, it talks about God creating Adam, and God creates Adam out of dust, some versions say clay, and then God, quote, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, end quote. So man was given life through breath, the breath of life. We breathe all day, all night, 
conscious and subconscious and unconscious if we're asleep. So we we inhale, we exhale. It's life. Well, COVID-19 interferes with that. So it supposedly makes us very sick. It's a respiratory infection, as they call it. Now, George Floyd, when he's on the ground and the police officer has his knee on his neck and his head and his back there, he says, I can't breathe. I can't breathe, right? That one's pretty obvious. And then you have people that in the midst of rioting and protesting and racial, I should say manufactured racial divide, and in the midst of what we call a pandemic, which is essentially everything but, you still have great international concern in the news daily about climate change and about how since businesses were shut down globally and since people have worn masks, the CO2 has dropped in the atmosphere. Now, there's no evidence, there's no chart, there's no graph, there are no papers, there's no calculation, there's not even a piece of paper with pencil scribble on it and some eraser marks. There's nothing. There's just an outright bogus claim that carbon dioxide levels have fallen because people are wearing masks, which makes you question that if you're wearing a mask, and you're exhaling, and the carbon dioxide is coming out, which is the oxygen of plants, as I call it, it it still comes out. So it's still there. It just might, you might breathe some of it back in, but you're still exhaling it. But they're claiming that CO2 has been reduced, which is part of the green revolution to reduce CO2 because they say it's a contaminant, a pollutant. CO2 is not a pollutant. CO2 is necessary for life on this planet to continue on, to exist at all. So carbon dioxide and breathing, breathing into the nostrils of Adam. George Floyd says, I can't breathe. COVID-19 is a respiratory infection, which Floyd was supposedly infected with. And then you have CO2 reduction as a result of mask wearing. But overall, Agenda 2030, Agenda 21, of course, you hear these terms all the time kind of stale, I think, aren't they, a little bit? But you hear about reducing carbon dioxide. You hear about reducing this this pollutant when when it's not a pollutant. And then if you want to look back into literature a little bit, you you can pull out as a point of reference the famous Orwell quote that if you want to see a vision of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever, which is not necessarily the same thing, but very similar to a a knee on the neck and face of humanity forever, the human face forever, George Floyd. And George Floyd, this is a really, really strange unfolding of events. When you think about what George Floyd was, who he was, and how he's been treated after his death, some people don't think he died, but it's, that's really irrelevant to me here. But George Floyd has been treated as if he were a god, as if he were 
a martyr, as if he were some type of very important person. George Floyd was someone who participated in pornography movies. He was on enough fentanyl that would have probably killed two people. He dropped some of the bags on video when he was setting up against the wall. He was a counterfeiter. He had worked at a club with the police officer, reportedly, and that club had been involved, according to reports, in human trafficking. So George Floyd was not really a great guy, and yet his death is treated as if a president died or as if some famous celebrity died, and the whole world mourns the death of this person who gave us so much. What did George Floyd give you? George Floyd, nobody even knew who this guy was unless you happened to come across his his one porno and you probably didn't pay much attention to him as much as you did the girl. Nobody knew who George Floyd was. Nobody knows. Some people don't even know who the vice president is. So the average person, I don't know who George Floyd was and I pay attention to things. He's just a guy. So we that the that's the point. Nobody knows who this guy was. Nobody knew who this guy was. But now he's a symbol. He's a martyr. He's an icon. And the imagery that has been formed around George Floyd is very, very significant in the days following his death and in the way in which he was presented at his service where he was laid in a golden coffin. So I started thinking, he's laid in a golden coffin. It's literally like, a you look this up, it's a golden coffin, glorified as a sacrifice, but not just any sacrifice, a black man sacrificed on the altar of social justice and political correctness, among other things. And his placing in a golden coffin has very, very significant and very, very ancient mythological and symbolic themes to it, which I want to tell you about tonight on the show. Before we go any further, though, I find it necessary to mention that along with this idea of breathing, 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 not being able to breathe, respiratory failure, I can't breathe, CO2 reduction, a boot stamping on the face of humans forever. One thing you'll notice if you follow the music industry like I do or our friend Mark Devlin does, you'll notice that a lot of artists, and there are other celebrities that do the same, they do photo shoots where they are being suffocated or they're being choked by hands that come out of the darkness. This is done with women. It's done with men. It represents handlers, of course, and often you'll see their tongue being cut out or being burned, their eyes being covered, sometimes their eyes being enlarged, which suggests some form of drugging, some form of stimulation, but usually the eyes are covered, the mouth or the throat is suppressed, and 
then the ears are also covered. So see no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil. In the music industry, it's very common to see choking as one of the themes of this. And in the music industry, these short three to four minute videos are like magical sigils. It directs the flow of energy. And these magical sigils, these powerful flows of energy, can be sustained through chanting, incantations. It's sustained and maintained and further energized through the music itself, through the lyrics, through the sounds. So are slogans and hashtags and memes, which are sigils. We call that meme magic. And this can alter people's perceptions and behaviors, and it can whip them into a state of frenzy, or it can lower them to a state of apathy and lack of concern for anything going on. These magical elements are also present within the very public view of demonstrations and riots and protests which have a a, a theme of the four sacred elements. And when we come back from break, I want to share with you those four sacred elements, the golden coffin and what it signifies, and what all of this I can't breathe, I can't breathe stuff is all about. And as we proceed through that in the next segment, I want to take you into the real reason people can't breathe and look at it very practically to give you some information that I promise you you're not going to hear on another radio show. And I'm going to provide you with some solutions to the very problem that I'm presenting tonight. Many of you probably don't know. I had to learn myself what this problem is and how it can be solved. It can be solved very simply for such a dangerous, dangerous thing. We'll talk to you about that after break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books 
at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions. And uh, I'd be willing to come back at, at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio show on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, same time each night. If you'd like to contact us, the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. 
or find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. This whole thing about the new normal, if you compare it to the old normal, by comparison, the old normal is now abnormal. It's odd. It's different to see people without masks. It's different to see people without gloves and without people in sometimes frenzied states of terror, worried about getting sick, worried about maybe getting other people sick. And so in this frenzied state of terror and fear, a new normal has not only been forged, but it's been solidified. The foundation has been poured and it's hardened. Now this is an abnormal state of existence that we're in. We're in a state of limbo, a state of transition, a state of processing. Because this isn't the end, and this will not be the permanent new normal. There will be a more permanent new normal as this progresses. So this abnormal, I find interesting because of the terminology, a new normal, which is abnormal to the old normal, thus becomes paranormal. And when something becomes paranormal, we think of ghosts and we think of spirits and demons and things like this. But rather than thinking of ghosts and demons and things like this, I'm thinking of more metaphysical, more super or supranatural things, which are really not metaphysical or supernatural. They are just the elemental components that comprise the material world that we perceive to consciously exist and interact with. The four elements that comprise our world, and there are four elements that accompany these elements, and there are four elementals, there are four seasons, there are four corners and four winds, and all of this. The four elements are, of course, fire, air, water, and earth, or land. Scientifically speaking, they are nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, and carbon. These four elements may be hot, may be cold, may be wet, may be dry, may be a combination of all, or a combination in different states of all. This was described by Cornelius Agrippa in his large books on occult philosophy. If you've ever read those or have had an interest in reading them, I'd highly recommend them. They're just very large texts, but they're very easy to understand and read, and they're written very concisely each chapter. So fire, air, water, earth. If you set up a little shrine, a little place to burn incense, or you have statues and candles whether you pray or you meditate or you do some combination of the two and you do other things, whatever you do to contact or to feel connected to spirit or God or the goddess or whatever it might be, maybe it's just your inner self, your higher self, consciousness, higher levels of consciousness. Whatever you do to get in touch with that, in magic, 
you use the four elements because they comprise the physical world. And you use them in a magical way. Some people, for example, would use a bowl of water. They would use incense, which would represent both fire and air. And they may have with the water, maybe it's a wooden bowl. So wood would be earth or maybe they would have a little bit of dirt from outside. So they have the four elements on the ritual table. They have the four elements on their altar. They have the four elements in their presence at the very least. And they call upon the four elementals, the fire, salamander, the air, slith, the water, naiad, and the land or the earth, gnome. From the four directions, you call upon these four directions, you call upon these four elements for guidance, for protection. If you think it's all mumbo-jumbo, well, you do the same thing when you pray to God. It's the same exact type of connection to something beyond the physical plane. And magic is all will and intention. If you will and you intend, that is the true supernatural magical wand, if you will. So when we saw these riots break out, I find it very interesting that we had these riots the first couple of nights, and it was very violent in some places, where we had buildings burned, we had cars burned. So we have that powerful, hot, dry element of fire. Then, Black Lives Matter. Now, Black Lives Matter have uh, that term, that phrase, that slogan, that chant has been reduced to BLM, right? Black Lives Matter. But BLM, like many acronyms, has a different meaning. Black Lives Matter is not the only BLM acronym that we can find. One that comes to mind is the Bureau Land Management. And the Bureau of Land Management, of course, deals with land, earth, the gnomes, and, of course, water, the naiads. The land is can be one or another. It could be dry. It could be moist. could be warm. It could be cold. And the water could be warm, could be cold, but it is not dry. It is wet. So the Bureau of Land Management, Black Lives Matter, you might say that has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. Well, that's not the point. It's a multi-level ritual, and it doesn't have to be a ritual that's carried out consciously. It's a ritual that is a part of the fabric of, of, of nature and of existence. You find the four elements. You find phallic symbols and yoni symbols everywhere. If you don't believe me, go walk into the woods. Everything. Trees are phalluses. Trees represent wisdom and knowledge and growth and achievement. It's the phallus, but at the top of the solid tree trunk, you have branches that are lighter and leaves, and you have the solid ground. You have the air above it, the canopy, the umbrella that protects from what falls above. The trees are rooted in the ground, the female, the earth. Everything is sexual. Everything is 
phallic, and yoni. So these elements are everywhere. They don't have to be placed there. But since they are everywhere, when incorporating them into a ritual, they become useful tools with your will and intention of achieving what you wish to achieve. So we had riots and fires. We have Black Lives Matter, or BLM, Bureau Land Management, Water and Land. Just think about it for a second. And then, of course, the most important element in this particular case is the element of the sliffs, the air. Because COVID-19 is a respiratory infection, George Floyd said, I can't breathe. We have and have had for many years now international global attempts to regulate the level of CO2 in the atmosphere, even though it is the oxygen of plants, even though the planet is greener now than it's ever been according to NASA, satellite imagery. And CO2 does not drive the climate. But CO2 is something we exhale, so we have to stop that. We have to put the boot on the face of the human forever. That is your vision of the future. The knee or the boot on the face, on the neck, not of George Floyd, but of humans, black and white. Republican, Democrat, Christian, Muslim, Jew, forever. In Genesis 2.17 in the Bible, there's that famous Bible verse about God breathing life into the nostrils of Adam, the first man. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Life, breath, you remove the breath, obviously, you get death. So with the elements of air accompanying the elements of fire, water, and earth, you have the key components for a very important setup to what looks more and more like a series of staged, planned, maybe not staged, but planned events, planned insurrection. Now, when you think about magic in this context, it might seem completely irrelevant to the common person. But it's very important to recognize if you're interested in magic and if you're interested in subjects that are considered more occult, that everything, not only is it sexual and phallic and yoni, everything is magic, everything is symbol, everything has multiple meanings And the meanings are going to be interpreted differently by every person. For example, a tree to some people might just be a tree. A tree to others is a sign of wisdom. A tree to others is a symbol of nature, a symbol of the goddess. To others, it's just a a nature phallus. Different colors represent different things. Different insects represent different things to different cultures. Where the dragon is revered in the east, it's feared in the west. Same with the serpent 
in the West. We fear the serpent, but the serpent and the snake, not in all parts of the Western world, but the serpent and the snake have been very important parts of many ancient cultures. From native tribes in South America and Mexico, even in the United States, the native tribes here and in Canada, to the Egyptians had strong veneration for the serpent, for the snake. They called it the Urius snake, the serpent next to the vulture on the headdress that was positioned right around where the third eye would be. That the third eye, they believed, had the ability to change the physical world and that it was poised like the serpent to strike out from inside and change externally the physical world through perception that you see and perceive through that third eye. That's what the Urias serpent represented in Egypt. Egyptian myth is one of my, my favorite forms of myth. And there are a couple different myth, myths in Egypt that are of particular interest to me. Number one is the story of the god, the king, the great hunter like Nimrod, Tammuz, the great hunter Osiris. Osiris, the story goes, much like Nimrod, Osiris returns from a hunt. And the hunt could have been for animals. It could have been he was hunting. He was conquering land. He's a hunter. He's a conqueror. Could have been defeating an army. But he returns to Egypt. And when he returns to Egypt, he's greeted by his supporters. He's greeted by the the people of Egypt, grateful that their God, that their Savior has returned, much like the sun returns and brings us warmth and light. So Osiris is coming back into Egypt, and his brother in the myth, Set or Seth, who is a negative component of Osiris, if you will, Osiris being positive, his brother Set invites him to a, to a party. And his brother Set, the trickster, the evil one, the Antichrist, if you will, is scheming and plotting. He doesn't like his brother Osiris. He doesn't like Osiris being in control. He wants the power of Osiris, much like Lucifer wanted the power and was cast from heaven. So, Set and his goons in the myth, they go about constructing this elaborate coffin. And this coffin is made out of gold. It's made out of lapis lazuli. It's made out of various other jewels and gems and various metals. And it's made to fit the body of Osiris perfectly, like a glove, if you will. So they're at the party, the myth goes, and as the party proceeds, Osiris is given the coffin. And it's that anybody who lays in the coffin and who it it fits correctly, um, it's theirs. And Osiris lays in it and it, it fits him correctly. And so it's his. It was made for him anyway. The story proceeds. And when Osiris lays down in the coffin, which, of course, Osiris, the green god, agriculture, he is life. He's bringing life. He's bringing light. He's bringing warmth. He's bringing sustenance back to the Egyptians. So he is soul, he is spirit, he is energy, he is consciousness. And he places himself willingly into the coffin. 
And when he places himself into the coffin by his own free will, the trickster, his brother, shuts the coffin and seals it with lead all around the openings of the coffin to seal his brother inside with molten lead that hardens and prevents the opening of the casket of the coffin. Now, he can't kill his brother because his brother is spirit, soul, energy, consciousness, God, but he can attempt to divert, subvert, distract, trick, manipulate, etc., those of his followers and of the God himself creating mischief and casting his brother out of Egypt so that he has the authority. So once the coffin is secure, some of the people who had supported Set, they drag the coffin down to the Nile River and they place it in the river and allow the current, the stream, to take away the coffin. Osiris is still alive inside, though. Now, the coffin represents the physical world, the material world, the four corners, the four elements of the material world. The gold, the lapis luzi, the various jewels and metals that this thing, the, 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 the cloth inside of the coffin, all these things, the lapis lazuli is, is what it's called, all these things that would enamor someone who is fascinated with, it would fascinate somebody who is infatuated with the physical material world. It's a, it's a trick. It's, it's a lie. Much like the coffin itself was a trick. But using free will, Osiris places himself in it, right? So we place ourselves into the physical body. And we have this experience. And this experience is much like the experience that Osiris accepted when he stepped into and laid down inside of the coffin before it was closed shut. But the coffin wasn't this horrible, black, red, spiky, satanic coffin. It was a beautiful, golden coffin covered in jewels and things like that. I was cast into the river. And the story proceeds from there. The tree in uh, up the river there was a tamarisk tree the tree that grabbed onto with its roots the coffin grew around the coffin to protect it so nature is protecting the vessel maybe that's why when you go out in nature you get sunlight you feel better nature is there as a protective force so the tree protects Osiris inside of the coffin. The tree is cut down. It's turned into a pillar of a king. And the story proceeds from there where Osiris's wife, Isis, goes out in search of the, of the coffin of her brother slash husband. Various angles to this myth, but she is one with her brother slash husband. It's not ancestral. So she goes out to find him. When she goes out, she wears black veils because she's in mourning, much like we do today. Somebody dies, we wear black. It's a mournful thing. We're sad. And so she's searching and searching and searching for her king. 
She's searching for her partner. She's searching for her prince. She's looking for her prince. Charming. Kind of sounds like Cinderella. And why do they call her Cinderella? Because her face is blackened by the soot and by the cinders of the fires in the kitchen where she's forced to work. And then she finds her prince charming. Breaks the spell. So Isis goes after and black veils a Cinderella. She's searching for her prince charming. She finds Osiris and using her magical powers, she frees Osiris. When she frees Osiris, she has to revive Osiris, who's been asleep. He's been asleep in the spiritual world, awakened in the physical world. Therefore, when you die in the physical, you awaken in the spiritual is what it implies. So she revives Osiris, brings him back to life. But Set, the brother, is very, very upset and angry about this. So Set finds Osiris, and in order to prevent Isis from using her magical powers again, he dismantles Osiris into 14 pieces. The myth specifically says 14 pieces and redistributes them to different locations. Rather than one location, different locations. The story proceeds still. Isis goes out once again, mourning for her prince Charming. She searches and she finds most of the pieces of Osiris. In the myth, I believe Nephthys, which is the wife of Set, actually assists Isis in the search. There are different versions, though. So they go out and they find these pieces. They only find 13 pieces. Now, 13 is the number of regeneration, right? A new cycle. A new zodiac. 12 and then 1 becomes 13, or 13 is 1. They take the pieces and they wrap them together with linen, which becomes, for myth, the first mummy, which wasn't meant to preserve a body, but it was meant to bring a body back to life. It was magical, hence the double meaning of the mummification process. It preserves, but it also brings back to life. It preserves so that one may be brought back to life. Reincarnation. So, they bring the body back together, and they're, they're noticing that there's a piece missing. And this is not vulgar. This is the myth. The penis is missing. So, since the penis is missing, there are two, three different popular versions of this story. Number one is they fashion, Isis fashions, a phallus, a penis, out of beeswax. The significance of the bee is brotherhood and community, things like that. It's Masonic. It's also uh, part of the Mormon church. They have a strange Judaic and Masonic background. She fashions the penis out of beeswax and other stories. It's out of solid gold. But the story goes that she impregnates herself on the penis, as one would do, right? And she gives birth to Horus, the sun god, the savior of mankind, the bringer of light. Now, this whole process describes a number of things. And there are key elements that can be extracted from this ritual. Osiris is a king. The king is killed. 
When the king is killed, it represents the killing of crops, the harvesting of crops. The king is in the crops. You harvest them, turn them to bread, and then you eat the bread. You eat the crop. It's the Last Supper. You drink the wine. You drink the blood, the vine, grape, the harvest, the sun. You drink this. You obtain everlasting life. So the 14 pieces... We've seen rituals of this nature carried out before because in the 1960s, when John F. Kennedy was assassinated, his body was, in a strange way, autopsied and they chopped off part of his head and reportedly sent pieces of his body to different parts of the country. And if you go to Daily Plaza, it's very, very strange. You go to Daily Plaza, or you could look it up online. I've, I've been there. Luckily, I got a chance to go there when I moved across country several, several years ago. There's an obelisk there. The obelisk is, of course, the penis, the phallus, the sun, a ray of sun frozen in time. And that obelisk, if you count it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen pieces. Osiris was cut into 14 pieces. Kennedy is memorialized in 14 pieces. Osiris was the sun god. Kennedy was killed when the sun was the highest in the sky around noon that day in Dallas, Texas. Kennedy, like Lady Diana, seems to have been killed in a ritual that's not so bizarre, a ritual that's not so foreign to those of us who understand what these myths and what these symbols and what these stories tell us and what they teach us. And the power behind the understanding, the power behind the usage of these sigils to influence and to direct people in society. Did you know that George Floyd, when they had his casket prepared, was a solid gold. There was there were other things in it, but it looked like a solid gold coffin. Just like the one Osiris was placed in. Osiris was the black god. George Floyd has become the black god. A martyr. But in this case, George Floyd is not a pure god like Osiris. George Floyd is a corrupt god. And therefore, they have us worshiping a false idol. We're not talking about blacks and Black Lives Matter. We're talking about the significance of the symbolism and what it represents and what it means. The glorification, the sacrifice, the martyrdom. George Floyd's death and the relationship to the green god, the black god, Osiris in Egypt. And what these stories, myths, symbols, and occult elements mean and what they represent and what they help us to understand. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this break. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more coming up. There's a whole pile of documents here I want to share with you because I think it's really important that you hear this information and that you get some information as well about how to avoid what I'm going to explain to you in the next two segments. 
So don't go anywhere. Stay with us more after this break. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info thesecretteachings.info or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com This is Dave Cruz host of Beyond the Strange and you're listening to The Fringe FM The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. 
call the station at 501-777-5631 or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up, the last thing we touch before falling asleep. Radiant. Seductive screens we so lovingly, endlessly gaze upon. Much like you're doing right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Well, this is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, or Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, helping people navigate the rough waters of the vast conspiracy at thehiresidechats.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio Show. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Fringe FM, where you can find us five nights a week, Monday through Friday at the same time every night, and a repeat of an episode of The Secret Teachings after the new broadcast, Monday through Friday. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info. That's how you can contact us. The email is there, rdgable at yahoo.com. And you can see all of the show promos, the promo picks that we make Monday through Friday for each of the shows. In Egypt, one of my favorite series and collections of myths out of Egypt. My favorite myth, though, of that whole collection is the myth of Osiris in the coffin placed on the Nile River and later raised as a pillar in the temple of a king. This story has so many incredible, powerful components and symbols and implications, parables, metaphors, analogies. I mean, this is like the grandfather myth. It's one of my favorite myths. In Egypt, 
if you know the story of Moses, Moses was raised in the temple, right? Moses was placed in a basket in order to avoid infanticide. His mother places him in a basket, puts him in the river, and then he is raised as royalty. Some people further suggest that the leader of Egypt, one of the pharaohs later on, was actually Moses, the historical Moses. And there are different versions of that story. Acharya S., the author who passed away a couple of years ago, several years ago, I think back in 2016 or 17, she wrote a whole book about that. But regardless, Moses was raised in the temple. And it's interesting because Osiris was in the coffin in the water and then raised as a pillar in the temple of a king. The kingdom, castle, really wasn't a castle, it was more of like a palace. The coffin represents the four corners of the material world. The coffin that Osiris was placed in, as I described in great detail in the previous segment, was a beautiful decorated coffin. And it was made of many things. Primarily it was made of gold, though. Now, Osiris, although he's known as the green god of agriculture, this is why he's green in the paintings and described as a green man or a green god. Osiris oversaw the underworld. And therefore, that made Osiris more than a green god. It made Osiris a black god. And so the black god was placed in a tomb, a coffin, sarcophagi. He was placed in something that restricted his, his body, and it was sealed with lead. His brother Set sealed the coffin with lead. And they cast it into the river of life. And the river carries the coffin, and then the coffin is raised like Moses in a temple, in a palace. Osiris is the black god in the golden coffin. George Floyd. George Floyd was placed in a coffin a few days ago. And when he was placed in this coffin, some of you may have noticed what the coffin looked like. A lot of people donated a lot of money in order to purchase this coffin for George Floyd. And, well, the coffin was a gold coffin. Not unlike the golden coffin of Osiris, the black god. Now, George Floyd was a, was a black man. And George Floyd, he wasn't like Osiris, though. George Floyd was a pornographer, a counterfeiter, a drug addict, and many other things that we have reports on but no confirmations of. That doesn't mean it's justified to kill somebody. If you think that, you're just absolutely stupid. However, Osiris was a powerful god of vegetation, a god of life, in many ways a god of war as well. And the elements of Osiris 
that were negative and dark and black and warlike are the elements that are present within the George Floyd story and the following weeks after the George Floyd murder where you have the onset of civil unrest and insurrection. Because George Floyd has been treated as if he was a god, placed in a gold coffin and raised in the social temple of justice as a god, as a king. Except this king does not bring us peace, does not bring us life, or any of the other things that Osiris brought his people, all people, us, a god of all people, a green god, a black god. George Floyd represents the opposite of that, but he's held in the public eye as a hero and glorified. Now, this black man, George Floyd, was sacrificed. Now, that doesn't mean he was selected and killed as part of some ritual. It just means that his death was sacrificial. And as a black god, with the black components of Osiris. His death glorified his body sacrificed led to serious insurrection in this country and there are even protests in other countries. There are protests I read in the United Kingdom about George Floyd's death. That story of Osiris is interesting because when Osiris was killed, he couldn't really be permanently killed, but he could be dismembered. So his brother dismembered him into 14 pieces and scattered the pieces all over Egypt. Osiris was a sun god. When John F. Kennedy was assassinated, it was around noon, Dallas, Texas. And after he was killed, his body was taken for autopsy, which his autopsy was actually performed by the same man who did Jeffrey Epstein's autopsy, Michael Brown's autopsy, and George Floyd's autopsy, Dr. Michael Baden. That's besides the point. His body was taken for autopsy, and they looked at it, and they cut pieces of the body off reportedly and sent those pieces across the country. Well, that's exactly what Set did in Egypt to Osiris. And then, at the Kennedy Memorial at Daly Plaza, there's an obelisk placed with 14 pieces on top of each other. You can look up the picture, type in Daily Plaza Obelisk, you'll see the 14 pieces. Those 14 pieces are the pieces of Osiris. And the 14th piece was the phallus. And the obelisk represents the phallus. In natural terms, if you will, it represents sunlight penetrating the earth. Nine months later, you have the birth 
of crops. And then you cut those crops down. And within those crops, there is the green god. You turn those crops into bread. You eat the body of that green god. You drink of his blood and you obtain everlasting life. There are various versions of this story in different cultures. This is what George Floyd's death brings us in occult terms. His death has brought us slogans and hashtags and incantations. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Both present and some may say an insinuation and a forewarning of future events that pertain to being unable to breathe. Some say 60 60 hertz or something to that effect of 5G. People say that. I'm not talking about that tonight, but breath is one of the key elements of life. And of course, with carbon dioxide reduction and COVID-19 being a respiratory disease, it's not really a disease, but they call it a respiratory infection, a respiratory disease. Breath is very important. Breathing. You see the restriction of breath in the music industry quite a bit where artists are choked out or artists are gagged or they have their mouths covered so they can't speak of the abuse, they can't speak of what really goes on, but it's portrayed in the music videos. It's part of the magical operation that is performed by these industries for power. They place the imagery in front of you, you pay attention to it, and it builds into a thought formation, into a a golem. It, it, It comes to life. There's a great book written by Kurt Seligman. It's called The Mirror of Magic. A couple of months ago, we interviewed the guy who, actually, you know what, it might have been more than a couple of months ago. (laughs) Time really just, I can't even perceive it anymore. It might have been like a year ago. We interviewed the guy that runs the Kurt Seligman Foundation. We talked about the mirror of magic. It's a really great book. And there's a quote in the book I wanted to read you. Kurt Seligman talks about the subject of art and images and how art and images are endowed with magical powers. He says, quote, whenever the sculptor's chisel molds the amphimous mass into an image, whenever he portrays an organism, magical power flows into the statue, a power which may be imprisoned within it by incantation and magical gesture and which gives life to the image as long as it remains whole. The death of George Floyd, the black man, the black god, placed in the golden coffin is Osirian. And it is what the sculptor's chisel has molded. George Floyd's death as an image, as an organism, with power flowing into it, supported by the incantations and the magical gestures of the frenzied states, protests, demonstrations, and riots. And so long as the image remains whole, life will be given to 
this art, this organism, this sigil, a magical flow of energy that's sustained and maintained by the incantations and the various references to I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I'm unable to breathe. There are many things that might prevent us from breathing. And perhaps we overlook the most significant and the most important thing that might prevent us from breathing. It's something that we are more than ever now because of the incessant cleaning campaigns that have swept the world. We are surrounded. We are inhaling. We are ingesting. We are coming into physical contact with very toxic chemicals. And many of these chemicals, whether they are aerosolized or they touch the skin or they are ingested by accident unknowingly, Many of these chemicals will affect the body in a way very similar to how COVID-19 supposedly affects the body. One of the primary chemicals being used to clean at grocery stores and retail stores, I'll tell you a little secret. This chemical that's being used, it's a pink chemical. You've probably seen it places, and there are various versions of it. Some of them are different colors. But this chemical compound if you ingest it, inhale it, if it touches your skin, one of the side effects, one of the major side effects other than contact dermatitis is respiratory irritation and what we would otherwise classify as respiratory infection I'm going to tell you a little bit about that when we come back from break, I'm Ryan Gable, this is The Secret Teachings Don't Go Anywhere, stay with us right here on The Fringe FM And don't forget, if you want to support this show, if you enjoy this show, you want to hear more of this show, you can find the whole archive at thesecretteachings.info. Go there today or go to PayPal. Use the rdgable at yahoo.com email. You donate $35, you get a one-year subscription and a free copy of one of my books. All three books are on the website. It supports you, The Secret Teachings, and The Fringe FM. Thank you for staying with me. Tonight on the broadcast and the last couple weeks as we've been transitioning to the new studio, I appreciate it, and I'd appreciate it, and I think it's beneficial to you to stick around for the last segment here. I'm going to give you some very important, very critical information. Don't go anywhere. Listening to the Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. 
Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. This is Reverend John M. Polk from johnpolkmedia.com, and you are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, the Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. But no, I really appreciate being on your show, and you ask great questions and have a dialogue, and not every show does that. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us. My website is lindagodfrey.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. Our website, 
www.thesecretteachings.info. The email to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. We've talked about the black god, Osiris, and his golden coffin that he was tricked to lay down in, which was then sealed and placed in the Nile River in Egyptian mythology, later to be raised as a pillar, a support, in the palace of a foreign land. It's very similar to the story of Moses and the basket raised in the royal Egyptian palace. The story of Osiris is that Osiris is the green god, the green man, god of agriculture, life. He is life bestowing. He is the Ankh or the Kruxan Sata. But Osiris also oversees the process of death and resurrection, making Osiris a black god. Therefore, Osiris is a black god who is placed in a golden coffin and through the process of this ritual alchemical transformation, Osiris became resurrected in his son Horus that brought life and light and warmth and good back to the world. The opposite of life is death. Evil E-V-I-L reversed is L-I-V, live. Or L-I-V, live reversed is evil. The opposite of life and warmth and good are death and cold and bad. Or you may say evil. Now gods like Osiris represented the former. The black gods, like the mere reflection in the great seal of and the great symbol of Solomon, where you have the hexagram and the six-pointed star, the black god reflection known as the black god brings about the latter in that list, the death the cold, and the bad. And therefore, the black god in the golden coffin has a very important and powerful, significant occult meaning, especially when we see this imagery in the modern world today as the current event, the death of of George Floyd, a black man, counterfeiter, drug addict, possibly involved in human trafficking, was also in porn, killed by police, likely in a manner that was personal rather than racial or anything otherwise, having known the police officer. George Floyd dying, there's no justification for the death of a black or a white man at the hands of the cops unless that person threatens the life of the police. And even then there are 
and should be guidelines and restrictions. Of course, these police in most places are being trained by the IDF, so there's no surprise that the police tactics are becoming more and more brutal. We blame the U.S., but really it's not the U.S. training the police. In places like Atlanta and Minnesota, it's literally the state of Israel and the Israeli Defense Force training the police. I mean, that's just mainline information. You can look that up. So the death of George Floyd, who was not really a great guy, doesn't mean that he should have died. It just means he wasn't really a great guy. But this younger black man killed, and then when he's put into the coffin, the coffin which was paid for by donations, was a gold coffin like the coffin of Osiris. So you have a black man who was glorified and who was sacrificed as a god, as an icon, as a symbol, as an organism, as an image, as a sigil, as a symbol, placed in that golden coffin, and it's supposedly led to more discussions on equality, etc., but it's led to nothing except more racial tension and division. The author of one of my favorite books, The Mirror of Magic, Kurt Seligman, said, Whenever the sculptor's chisel molds the amorphous mass into an image, wherever he portrays an organism, magical power flows into the statue, a power which may be imprisoned within it by incantation and magical gesture, and which gives life to the image as long as it remains whole. Well, in this case, the sculptor's chisel has molded this image of George Floyd as almost godlike, as almost like a savior like Horus in Egypt, an organism that has magical power flowing into it, and this magical power is repeated and it is amplified and it is sustained by the chants of Black Lives Matter, by the memes, which are sigils. We call this meme magic, by the hashtags, by the frenzied states that people work themselves into, justified or otherwise, totally subjective as far as I'm concerned in that regard with both concerns of a respiratory infection in COVID-19 and I can't breathe with George Floyd mixed with CO2 reduction, with climate change hysteria. And going back to the Bible, the breath of God going into the nostrils of Adam, giving life, breath is one of the key elements, a dry, cool air of the sliffs combined with the fire and the earth and the water to comprise all four elements. Now, in order to combat the fear of justifiable or otherwise COVID-19, businesses and individual people have enacted these rigorous cleaning routines. Now, I'm a clean person, so the, the the dirtiest thing in my studio right now is I have some ash from incense that was just burning. But I put a paper under it anyway, and I'm sitting right here, so I'm just going to go dump it after the show. I'm a clean person, and I wipe things down. I make sure things are clean. I take care of myself. Sometimes I 
Maybe I eat a little bit too much bread, but you know, if you get the right kind of bread, it's not bad for you. So I take care of myself. I'm well nourished. I even went to the doctor for the first time in about 10 years. He said, I have an excess of vitamins and excess of protein. That's just from eating vegetables. So clean health, good health. Now, the only way I'm going to get sick is if I'm injured in some way, my, my body is traumatized, or if I'm poisoned. The only time I've coughed or sneezed during this, and this is anecdotal, but I'm, I'm going somewhere important with this. The only time I've coughed or sneezed during this whole pandemic, I coughed two times today because I took a drink of water too fast. But if somebody saw me coughing, regardless if they saw me drinking the water, they probably will think, he's got COVID-19. That's why you need to wear a mask. Although the WHO said and others have said and shown that there's no demonstrable evidence of viral transmission through droplets, sneezing, coughing, etc. So, I sneezed a few times because I breathed in some dust and because I breathed in some cleaning solution at a grocery store. Now, I noticed something. I don't know if any of you have noticed this. Most grocery stores, most retail stores, places that are open, they're essential. They have heroes working there. Most of these places are using very strong chemicals that are otherwise used to, quote-unquote, kill HIV, kill influenza and other pathogens, as they call them. And one of the common popular cleaning agents is ammonium chloride, and it usually comes in a pink liquid. Some of them, are, I've seen some that are green, some use other ingredients, but ammonium chloride is one of the most common. So at my part-time job, I had been getting a rash on my arm, and well, both of my arms. And I just had happened to go to the doctor for the first time in 10 years or so, maybe maybe more than that. It might have been 12 years, 13 years even. I don't know. It's been more than a, dec- a decade. And I go in and I asked him, and I said, you know, a lot of this goes away when I'm not stressed. And this is not a common occurrence. But I said, I think we, ha- we have this chemical at work that the people have been spraying more and more. And I'm pretty sure that's what's irritating my skin. And so... He said, well, it could be that. He said, it could be a fungus. We're not really, I'm not really sure. He said, it looks like you have some type of dermatitis. So get this. He prescribes me cream. Now, I didn't use the cream. I thought, okay, worst case scenario, I'll experiment with the cream later. But this was a couple of weeks ago when I was out of town for a week with my son. I went that whole week. I'm out of the environment where they're spraying this chemical and my arms are bad but they're a little they're a little bit better. Over the last week and a half they've gotten substantially better. The only thing that's changed in two and a half weeks is that I'm no longer around the chemical because at work I've stopped spraying the chemical. And others have been spraying it, but they're not spraying it to clean my area. 
Now, I had used that chemical as aware of these things that I am, as I am without really thinking about it. So think about that. I mean, I am obsessed with health, and I just didn't think about the cleaning agent that we, we always use to prepare foods in the back for my, uh, my produce position. So I stopped using it a while ago, and my skin problem has essentially cleared up, and I decided to do a little bit of research on this cleaning product, and it's also the cleaning product that's used to clean other stores, and they're, they're putting it on carts, and they're putting it on countertops and registers, and it's all over the place. And they're spraying it so it's aerosolized. It's on countertops. It's everywhere. You put your food down. It gets on the food. The chemical that we're using is ammonium chloride. And if you pull up the FDA's Code of Federal Regulations, Title 21, it's about ammonium chloride and how it's recognized as generally safe, generally recognized as safe, grass. Ammonium chloride is produced by the reaction of sodium chloride and an ammonium salt in a solution. They say that the ingredient is used in food at levels not to exceed current good manufacturing practices, which is a worthless series of words. Good manufacturing processes are totally subjective. So that's what the FDA says. They generally recognize ammonium chloride as safe. So I did a little bit more investigating. I pulled up an article with the headline. It's a journal entry from 2017, EPUB, June 15th, 2017. Ambient and dosed exposure to quaternary ammonium disinfectants causes neural tube defects in rodents. The background says quaternary ammonium compounds are a large class of chemicals used for their antimicrobial and antistatic properties. Two common quaternary ammonium compounds, alkylid dimethyl benzyl ammonium chloride, ADBAC, and diethyl dimethyl ammonium chloride, DDAC, are combined in common cleaners and disinfectants. So I looked on the packaging for the cleaner that we use. It has both ADBAC and DDAC. It's a very common combination. The background concludes in this study, introduction of a cleaner containing ADBAC plus DDAC, just the various ammonium chloride mixtures, in the Vivarium caused neural tube defects in mice and rats. The results found that the NTDs, the neural tube, uh, neural tube defects, persisted for two generations after cessation of exposure. Notably, male exposure alone was sufficient to cause neural tube defects. Equally significant, ambient exposure from disinfectant use in the Vivarium influence the levels of NTDs, neural tube deficiencies, to a greater extent than oral dosing. So ambient dosing was even worse than oral dosing. 
And the further conclusion were that ADBAC and DDAC in combination are scientifically demonstrated to be, scientifically documented to be, teratogenic, meaning they cause birth defects. Given the increased use of these disinfectants, further evaluation of their safety in humans and their contribution to health and disease is essential. 2017. Now, I pulled the safety data sheet for this ammonium chloride chemical that we have for disinfectant. It's made by a chemical company, Alpha Chemical. And the issue date of this safety data sheet is 2015. As of 2015, Alpha Chemical, this is just one of many companies that manufactures this and other disinfectant chemicals. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of them. It goes on in the safety data sheet to explain the symptoms and the effects of exposure to this chemical. In section number 10, titled Stability and Reactivity, it says possible, uh, possible or possibility of hazardous reactions. They don't define hazardous reactions, but they say that there are no hazardous reactions under normal processing. It says, hazardous reactions, none under normal processing. Read that twice. Because nobody that gave us this chemical, and including me, who I'm aware of these things, had any idea about what the chemical was until I looked it up and I got some information on it. Therefore, nobody told us how to use it. Nobody read the safety data sheet and explained it, meaning that hazardous reactions are likely to, re- to occur and to reoccur if you are not processing normally, which is subjective and based on the definition that they do not provide us in this safety data sheet. The safety data sheet continues on to toxicological information. The toxicological information talks about delayed and immediate effects as well as chronic effects from short and long-term exposure. Here's what it says. Reproductive toxicity. No information available. Okay, well, in 2017, you'd think this is important. Researchers found that ADBAC, alkyl dimethyl benzyl ammonium chloride, and diacyl dimethyl ammonium chloride, DDAC, combined common cleaners and disinfectants are teratogenic, meaning that they are responsible for birth defects. The company says no information 
available. It's in the safety data sheet. Or rather, it's not in the safety data sheet because they provide no information about the toxicological effects of this chemical. And it affects men just as it affects women. So you don't have to be pregnant to be around it to be exposed. And if it's teratogenic, it's toxic, period. It's a toxic chemical, period. The safety data sheet even says, hazard statements. This product causes serious eye irritation and causes skin irritation. You might say, well, that's skin irritation. Well, it is just skin irritation. The skin's a big organ, so if, you're, if it's affecting the skin, it's poisonous. It's that simple. But if you spray it, because the company just says, well, it's safe when you use it properly. Well, yeah, when you use it properly, you're not inhaling it, you're not ingesting it, you're not coming into contact with it. It's extremely toxic still. You're just reducing your exposure to it. And this is based on the idea that it's only safe, which means without risk, which is not true. It's not safe. It's safer if you reduce your exposure to it, which basically means you limit your exposure to the chemical. You won't get as sick, but you'll still get sick. Because if you're spraying it, you're pouring it on things, towels, cleaning, wiping things down, it's going to get onto your hands eventually, your clothes eventually. It actually says, if it gets onto your clothes, take your clothes off because it's that toxic. Don't leave your shirt, your pants, your underwear, your bra, your thong, your socks, your headband, your hat on if you get this ammonium chloride on it. It says... Take it off. I found another paper from Mount Sinai Hospital. Very prestigious. It says also, quaternary ammonium compounds in cleaning products. Health and safety information for health professionals. Now, this is for healthcare professionals. I'm not a healthcare professional, okay? I am a 29-year-old radio host who sits in a tiny room, and I talk to you in this very nice new tiny room, It's a big room, but it's a tiny room because it's a little closet. I talk to you in this little studio, and I print things out, and I have my little X-Files, if you will, and a lot of books and uh, do a lot of radio, and, well, I can find this stuff. So it's not that difficult to obtain if you're a medical professional, but people are not trained to ask about what are you exposed to? you exposed to chemicals. What kind of chemicals? Mount Sinai Hospital talks about how introduction of ammonium compounds like this into the environment cause and exasperate asthma, and specifically it's the QACs, quaternary ammonium compounds, for example, like alkyl dimethyl benzyl ammonium chlorides, BACs, which is one type of QAC. It's supposed to be used to prevent the spread of serious infectious disease. That's the argument. That's what we're using it for. It says use of these disinfectants is not recommended in places such as homes and offices when there is no elevated risk of infection or where plain detergents would be effective in removing infectious organisms. Now, they're still adhering to the germ theory here, but they're saying if you don't need to use it, need based on germ theory and for a lot of people, fear, don't use it. It's toxic. All right? 
They say exposure to QACs does, does have the potential to cause serious and preventable health effects. So they outright know how dangerous this stuff is. It's not up for debate, and it should be really obvious to those of you who don't have uh, the, 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 the scientific or chemical status quo bias. Here are the four things it causes. Contact dermatitis, triggering of asthma symptoms or a worsening of asthma in people who have asthma, eye and mucous membrane injuries, and oral and gastrointestinal issues. Now, how are you exposed to it? Well, you could lay your product down at the store on a counter they wiped it down with. You put your product down. It gets on the product. You touch it. You put your hand in your mouth. You rub your eye. You're exposed to it. This is a cleaning chemical used in food service that the FDA recognizes as safe, generally, is what they say. Mount Sinai Hospital says, in routine cleaning where surface contamination with pathogenic bacteria and viruses does not present a hazard, totally relative, QACs and other disinfectants are usually not necessary or recommended. They're basically saying don't use the damn thing. They say QACs are solids that are dissolved in liquid solutions. They do not evaporate into the air. But when you put it in a spray bottle and you spray it and it becomes aerosolized, not only does it get on your skin, but you inhale it, you ingest it. That's not good. The article continues, they do not evaporate into the air. When solutions of QACs dry, they leave behind a solid residue. QACs can get in the air if they are sprayed or if mixing of solutions results in foaming or splashing. In theory, surface residue could become another source of airborne QACs if disturbed or attached to dust, but this has not yet been studied. QACs persist in the environment both in clean surfaces and in wastewater, both of which could possibly result in skin exposure. Now, it's kind of ironic, but it's very disingenuous that it says in cleaned surfaces. They're not cleaned if they have a toxic chemical on them. And so it goes on to describe how poisonous they are and how to acquire medical assistance with the U.S. Nationwide Poison Control Center emergency number 1-800-222-1222 and how this chemical causes contact dermatitis. I had and still have a little bit of contact dermatitis from this chemical. It also talks about work-related asthma, eye and mucous membrane injuries. And in conclusion, it talks about eliminating or reducing exposure to the chemical. Again, the name of this article from Mount Sinai is Quaternary Ammonium Compounds in Cleaning Products. Type that in, Mount Sinai. You will get this whole thing. If you have a job where they're spraying this stuff, you can take it and show them how dangerous this is, how poisonous it is, how toxic it is, and the solutions to this problem. By the way, contact dermatitis is when you have skin redness, drying, chapping, and scaling. It can also occur in more severe forms as eczema-like dermatitis with swelling, blisters, or fissures, or even as severe chemical burns with necrosis. And eczema is very closely related to asthma, hence the reason that the chemical causes that inflammation of the airwaves as well. Eliminating or reducing exposure. Use disinfectants only when necessary. That's not what's happening across the country and across the world. Choosing safer substitutes or employing safe work practices when QACs are called for. 
They should never be called for, but QACs are being used whether they should or shouldn't be called for. Now, if you paid attention to that, you'll realize that one of the major symptoms of QACs is respiratory problems, a narrowing of the airways, making it harder to breathe, the very thing people are worried about with COVID-19. So, the article concludes in an appendix section, to date, cleaning products containing hydrogen peroxide as the main main disinfectant ingredient may be considered as equally or more effective disinfectant alternatives to QACs. An 88-cent bottle of hydrogen peroxide, my friends, an 88-cent bottle of hydrogen peroxide, maybe 92 cents if you go to Walmart or something, less than a dollar. More effective than quaternary ammonium chlorides. This is really important information. This needs to be shared. This needs to be talked about. This needs to be presented to your bosses, your managers, your friends, your family, spraying these dangerous, toxic, poisonous chemicals to stop the spread of a virus that hasn't even been identified, especially in droplets. And people are wearing masks and gloves and cleaning with a chemical that causes the very side effects of COVID-19. In other words, this exacerbates the fear and the terror and justifies it because when people do get sick, they think they've got the virus and they don't think about having been exposed to QACs. By the way, alcohol is also an excellent cleaning alternative, although Mount Sinai says that it takes a little bit more alcohol than it does hydrogen peroxide. But hydrogen peroxide will work, my friends. Hydrogen peroxide will work. A very, very, very cheap bottle of hydrogen peroxide will do more, and it will be far safer than things like the ammonium chloride compounds. Now, of course, the chemical companies don't want to talk about that, but that is reality, and that is well-documented fact. So, Take this information to your boss, to your manager, to your friends, to your family, and show them, and by the way, there's a lot more, show them that regardless of what the safety data sheet says, these chemicals are extremely toxic, and they cause the very thing that you're spraying the chemicals to prevent. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings thank you all so much for joining me tonight our second night back after a short hiatus i'm finally moved i'm out here in upstate new york in a place called bloomfield i've got a p.o box now if you want to send me something p.o box 81 west bloomfield 14585 p.o box 81 west bloomfield 14585 if you'd like to send me something here on the secret teachings I'd love to put some art or anything that you have up in the studio we'll post pictures of it and I also want to thank you all for being so patient with me since I haven't been there consistently the last couple of weeks but we've got a lot of great shows planned tonight I hope that I've helped you a little bit understand the occult nature of what is going on in the world around us decoding it and presenting you with some practical information about these chemical cleaning agents just hydrogen peroxide it seems to solve the problem better than these toxic teratogenic carcinogenic chemicals 
and it's cheaper, it's safer. Why not use it? Things really are that simple. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay tuned to The Fringe FM. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. <laughs>